why wait any longer? Why? Because I'm scared to fail. Along the road to success, there's guaranteed failure. But failure is just an opportunity to learn. It's just a teacher. And we run around keeping our dreams so tight to our chest, fantasizing about them day in and day out. And what good do our dreams do close to our chest? If you're ready to say yes to your wealthiest and most abundant life, overflowing bank accounts, and a deep sense of inner fulfillment, well, then you are definitely in the right place. Welcome to the Girl Unfiltered podcast. I'm your host, Helena Grace Donald, and I'm a money mindset expert, success, and business coach. But really, all you need to know is that I am obsessed with helping women feel safe and in total flow around money. So let's do this. Welcome back to the Girl Unfiltered podcast. And wow, do I have a treat for you. I was so excited when the person that I interviewed for this episode jumped straight on our invitation and booked in the interview date. He is none other than Paul Fishman, the king of self-love and everything that he puts out there in the world. Honestly, it just has this sparkle and this magic surrounding it. And I was so excited to jump on this call and have this conversation with him. He got so fired up that he even started to make himself cry by how passionate he got talking about the power of self-love. And I just wanna say that I think that we talk a lot about self-love in general online, and it's a, there are two words that we bandy around quite a lot, and it's very easy for them to lose their significance um, and their power because so many people are talking about it. It can almost feel like a diluted concept, and yet what Paul and I are talking about today is how important actually fundamental self-love is. It is at the root of everything that we do and that we create and that we be. And obviously we talk about that in a lot more detail and what that means for us as well as business owners and entrepreneurs. So let me just share with you a little bit about Paul, just in case you don't know who he is, but I'm sure you'll be following him after this conversation. So Paul is the host of a top 100 podcast called The Road to Self-Love. He's the creator of the self-love diet, and it's obviously not the kind of diet that you're thinking of. And his mission is simple. It is to empower and inspire you to trust that you are enough exactly as you are. He has been celebrated for creating a safe space, building a fiercely dedicated community, and helping thousands of humans to love themselves unconditionally. And you can't help but smile, honestly, when you're just around his energy. Even that's even if that's, that's just like literally looking at his posts online. <laughs> and I do just want to add a little spoiler alert before I dive into today's conversation. About an hour after the podcast interview, I received a message from Paul saying this. Just so we're clear, I booked the first class ticket both ways. And it will become very apparent what I'm talking about by the end of this episode. So that's my little spoiler alert. And you'll enjoy discovering that little part of our conversation. (laughs) So for now, enjoy this beautiful podcast conversation with Paul Fishman. Fishman, welcome to the Girl Unfiltered podcast. I just want you to know that I did an epic little squeal when I saw your appointment booking come in. So it is such an honor to have you here on the podcast. Oh, and it's an honor likewise for being here. I'm so excited to be unfiltered, girl. That's what we're here for. That is exactly the theme of today. And I For anyone that doesn't already know Paul or like know about what he does, um, you exude this energy of 
sparkle and joy and positivity in everything that you put out there. Like even your website, literally you go to your website, you can't help but feel joy from it. <laughs> and I think that it would be very easy for people who see you or in, or in your vortex to think like, oh, he must have just popped out of the womb, like feeling like that. He must have just been born this way. And you share a powerful story, even on your website, about how at 25, you looked at yourself in the mirror and you didn't even recognize yourself. And I would love, love, love if you could just share the backstory to that and what led you to that moment. Oh, well, um, <laughs> just so we're clear, I did pop out of the womb sparkly <laughs> and happy with a full head of hair and all that jazz. But, um, you know, then it kind of went downhill a little bit because I turned into, you know, something that a lot of people, especially clients I work with struggle with, which is a people pleaser. So I found myself at the age of 25, kind of at rock bottom in this entire feeling that I was living my life for everyone but myself. And it didn't feel good. And it was also really scary because 25 years of my life, yes, granted, like the beginning parts of it when I was really all I had to go off of what my parents wanted for me, that that's all well and good. But like from a teenager on going to college, doing all these things, I was really living my life with the or trying to achieve the expectations that I thought other people had for me. Not even necessarily that they had for me, but that I thought other people had for me. And this was um, a really, really hard thing to look at and come to terms with as I found myself on my bedroom floor, crying my eyes out, literally asking myself the question, who are you? What makes you happy? I didn't know how to be happy. Because when I looked at myself in the mirror, I didn't recognize the man staring back at me because I was in a relationship that was emotionally abusive and didn't serve me. I was closeted and I was dating a woman and it just, that was just like one piece of the puzzle. I was working a corporate job that I'd worked really, really hard to get this amazing promotion and didn't feel excited about it. Didn't feel like it aligned with anything that I enjoyed. And I was, very overweight as well. So I had a really poor relationship with food. So all of these things kind of combined brought me to that rock bottom moment. And it took me at to hit rock bottom to then say, okay, well, how do I climb up out of this rock bottom? And that's really where I found myself over the next 10 years experimenting with what it looks like to love yourself and live your life for you and not other people. I think so many people and so many of my listeners and my clients can totally relate to that people-pleasing aspect. I would love to know, like, who did you feel you needed to be to please others? Like, what was your idea or conception of that? Um, I needed to be the embodiment of the American dream. I don't even know if the American dream and the way that I thought of it exists anymore, but married with a house, two and a half kids. Uh, a <laughs> nine to five job that pays enough so that my wife could take care of the kids and like all of these things that really didn't excite me, you know, let alone the sexuality piece, like just like the yeah. idea of owning a home and having kids and working a job to support that family. Like, yes, the idea of having a family is really exciting for me, but not in the binds of like doing something that makes me miserable. You know, I think that we've been conditioned, especially my parents' generation really conditioned us millennials. I'm a geriatric millennial. I'm almost 37. Um, that's what, you know, Gen Z is calling us these days. So I, I own it though. I'm a millennial too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And essentially like I was told by my parents, you get a job so that you can provide for your family. And it it's kind of left out this part of like, do what you love and the rest doesn't matter, right? Which I truly believe, like if you're doing what you love, the money will come, the relationships will come, the experiences will come and so on and so forth. And it takes a lot of courage and willpower and determination to surrender to that understanding. And at the same time, I wouldn't have it any other way. 
Absolutely. That's what I'm here for. That is completely the message on my heart as well. But you're right. It takes a lot of courage. And I can imagine that as you're standing there looking at yourself in the mirror with the current reality that you had in front of you, the things that you had created up until that point, it must have been a fucking hell, what now moment? Like, okay, where do I go now with this feeling? So from that moment on, what does that unraveling start to look like for you? It starts to look like me actually listening to my intuition, tapping into Mm. my true self, not avoiding these thoughts and feelings and emotions that have been spiraling around my head and my body for what felt like decades, you know, what I really, really wanted in my life. And, And the thing is, is that I don't want to discredit that I did kind of step into some parts of what I wanted in college. I got my undergraduate degree in songwriting and I always wanted to be like the sixth member of NSYNC. Like that was my dream. And so I kind (laughs) of took steps towards that, right? But then when I graduated college with this degree, it instantly got very scary for me. Uh, I moved to New York City from school and the idea of working a full-time job to make it in the music industry and not actually get paid for that full-time job, plus having to work an actual job to pay my bills, it didn't excite me. And it really scared me. All that hard work. like This was before social media. This was before like I could have posted a video on TikTok and then be signed the next day. right? This was like me having to go and play shows and grind. And I did it for a while. And it didn't excite me. And that's kind of when I fell into this kind of like mold of just getting by to get by just living because I'm alive. And that's it. Mm -hmm. And when I released that whole feeling of things just started unfolding and the universe decided to continue gifting me with the things that I thought I wanted. Because I was still, you know, when you decide that you're not going to live this life of a people pleaser, it's not like overnight, the universe is just like, okay, great, you can have all of the things. And it's not overnight that you can uncondition or decondition all of these things that you've learned and that have become like survival tactics, right? People pleasing to, to an extent is a trauma response. I grew up in a household that was not very safe because my father was at the drop of a dime his mood would flip and he would scream and yell and break things. And it was so scary. So I was always micromanaging my reality with him because I wanted to make sure that he was emotionally stable. And within that journey, I sacrificed a lot of myself and people pleasing became safer. So that's where going through, I didn't even want to go to college. I just wanted to hit the ground running, but my parents were like, either you go to college or we're going to be so disappointed with you. We're not going to help you out or anything like that. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go to college. And sometimes I think like, what would my like look, life look like if I was so unapologetically willing to dive headfirst in my dreams? I don't spend too much time worrying about that because I've learned so much about myself over the course of this journey. And it's it's thinking about the past is such a disservice because the past mm-hmm. is the past. And the only time that, Um, you know, the past is good is when we keep it in the past, like, it can be really detrimental if we allow the past to impact our present tense and our future selves. So I just really like to leave the past in the past. It's a lot easier said than done. Mm -hmm. But you know, Mm -hmm. I don't even know if I answered the question for you. But this is what a (laughs) podcast is all about the unraveling, (laughs) coming back together was really just about me putting one foot in front of the other saying, what does Paul want to do today? really, what does Paul want to do today? And then from there, I just kind of allowed the universe to gently guide me. And there were some really scary moments and getting, you know, getting back into relationship with people who were not there to support me flourishing and being the most authentic version of myself. And then, you know, having to move back home with my parents when I, I was just about 30 years old. And then just like, running into all of these other obstacles to ultimately get me to where I am, which is feeling really connected to my mission of empowering and inspiring humanity to love unconditionally starting from within. Mm. Because if you don't love yourself, not only will you struggle loving others, but you're going to have such a hard time communicating to others how you want to be loved. 
So you allow other people to dictate how you want to be loved, what love looks like to you, and you lose yourself in that entire process. And that really, outside of just living a joyful life, is the most important thing that you can do, is pinpoint how you want to be loved. And the only way you're going to do that is to get really, really clear with yourself. Mm, I resonate with everything that you're saying and have basically five questions now from everything that you've just said. That's how it goes, right? (laughs) So you did mention something about the obstacles. And I just want to highlight that because I work with, and I know that a lot of my clients are experiencing this, where kind of like the veil gets lifted. They start to get clearer. They start to have a deeper understanding now of what they do want rather than what they don't want. And they're on that journey of healing and empowerment, but it doesn't happen overnight. And they can sometimes feel like I'm being, I mean, I certainly felt like this, like being challenged or here's another thing for me to work through. Here's another obstacle. And you know, you're moving back home at the age of 30. It'd be easy for you to go, okay, maybe I'm totally not following the right path. Maybe I should just go back to where we're safe, go back to where I was known for me. But do you feel that those obstacles as you're navigating them were blessings in disguise? Like how did those obstacles in some ways even, or did they even serve you in some way to bring you closer down that path? Well, first of all, the baseline belief that gets me through every single day, every single trial, every single hardship is that life is happening for me, not to me. So there's an opportunity every single day for me to learn. This also takes a lot of discipline and a lot of asking myself the hard questions. It's living in radical responsibility for myself, my actions, my life. This is my life. You are living your life. Ultimately, that's it, right? That's it. So, of course, you know, I really didn't grasp onto this true understanding until about like the past three or four years and really live true within that. Because prior to my journey as a self love coach and you do you activist, I worked in the fitness industry, which is very much about supporting people getting into shape so that other people will validate them or so that someone will choose them. And right, this was kind of like my aha moment that catapulted me into the self-love space because I was sitting on the floor with a client and she had been dating this guy she really liked. And she looks at me and she says, Paul, I just need to lose three more pounds. And I know that this man that I'm dating will love me the way that I love him. And it's like my life paused in front of my eyes video montage of all the clients saying all the things to me about what their goals were, realizing that it had a lot to do with other people and external validation. And I was like, I was shocked because I realized that I was living that life too, this ultimate need for external validation. So what can we do today to receive that internal validation? Internally validate your decisions, the people you're spending time with, the relationships you're in, your career, whatever it is that you're doing, and say, you know what, I'm doing this for me. And make sure that you're really telling yourself the truth and you're not just like glazing over everything because self care um, and a little bit of self love can become toxic when you're overdoing it to kind of even numb out. I talk about this a lot. Self-love and self-care are very different. However, we tend to get them confused. And people think that self-care will ultimately deliver self-love. And that's why you see like the skincare industry booming because people are like, oh, if I just buy another face oil, I'll finally love myself. Or, you know, all of these things that are not really self-love. Self-care is a physical act. It's something we do for our body. Self-love is a mental and emotional act. It's something that happens within us that doesn't require the outside world. So the thing is though, that self-care without self-love can be self-destructive. So now that you understand that getting your hair done is not an act of self-love and it's an act of self-care, the big question is, what do I do? What do I do? How do I infuse self-love into my self-care routine? It's very, very simple and also very challenging um, because it's just remembering it because we tend to go on autopilot into our self-care routines is bring in gratitude. I'm so grateful that I have the resources to pay for this haircut. 
I'm so grateful that my body can move and take the spin class. I'm so grateful that I have the resources to buy organic food that I can cook for myself and my family. Those little things, that little infusion of gratitude is going to change your self-care to the point where you can't overdo the self-care and you'll actually find yourself not needing to do it as much because you'll actually feel the impact within. And you're not doing it for other people, right? Because gratitude Mm -hmm. brings it back to us. I I posted this recently. I was like, because this, I fall into the trap of this. So it's like, I'm going to have a self-care day. And then you have this checklist of all of the things you're going to do to self-care so that at the end of the day, you can come back to that checklist and say, look, I self-cared real good today. Now I'm worthy. And now I love myself. Like we're even receiving the validation within the the self-care checklist. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I love the difference because I definitely feel, especially in the social media world, like the two can kind of get blurred into one. You talk about self-love on a very beautiful, very deep level. How can we all start intentionally, intentionally filling ourselves up with that energy of self-love? How did you go on that journey of total radical self-love and self-acceptance? Mm. No, I think this would be great to share a, a client's story because yeah. you know it's easy to hear like my journey. It's like, oh, he's made it. Well, FYI, self-love isn't finite. You're not going to wake up one day, love yourself and never have to work on it again. Like it's a daily practice. Common misconception about me is that I love myself every second of every single day. Um, Not true. Not true at all. But, uh, you know, one of my clients, she came to me at this milestone in her life. She had just lost 80 pounds and she did not know why she was having such a hard time celebrating that substantial life change. She was also stuck in this cycle of over-exercising so that she could over-consume. And basically, if we see her cycle as a wheel, you know, she would go to a spin class and then so that she could go get brunch. And after she would get brunch with her friends, after two, three, four, five, whatever mimosas, she would go shopping and buy a new pair of leggings to celebrate that she was going to go to spin class again. So if mm. we were in the cycle of doing something for ourselves so that we could reward ourselves, but then taking it a little bit too far and then, then having to spend more money to then do something for ourselves. So you can understand how this self-care cycle was very toxic. So within this journey, I started to ask her, I said, please start noticing what's going on in your body during these times? What are you feeling during the spin class? What are you feeling during brunch? What are you feeling when you're going to buy those new leggings at Lululemon? What's coming up for you? And more importantly, what are you avoiding? Because within the avoidance, we get the authority to change, right? We get the understanding of what's happening truly. So a lot of this is numbing, right? A lot of this is like just the the cycles of addiction or whatnot that really are running rampant in this world. And um, there may be one or two people who haven't experienced any type of addiction in their life, whether it be their own or a family member's. And it's really important to just start noticing. And then once you start noticing, you get curious. So within my client's journey, she started getting curious why is it that I have to work out this much? What, what am I scared of, right? These are the questions that we don't like to ask ourselves because it's easy to be like, oh my gosh, look at me. I went to a spin class and then hashtag brunch vibes and ooh, self-care, bought myself a new pair of leggings. But girlfriend, let's look in that leggings cabinet over there. Do you really need another pair of black Lululemon aligned leggings? I know they feel like butter on your skin, <laughs> but listen. Okay, listen. So we continue to notice and we get curious about all of these things. And regardless of what your life cycle looks like, my ask of you right now, listener, is to find that cycle. Everyone has it. It might not necessarily be like a toxic, bad for you cycle, right? Like my clients from the outside didn't look like anything bad, but really she felt confined to this cycle. There's no getting free. So then what we do is we take a chainsaw or a sword or whatever you want to that cycle and we slice it open and we let the circle fall down to the floor and it becomes a straight line that she can walk. And then when you 
continue walking it, you end up walking past it. So how she did this was by using the five pillars that I teach inside my program, the self-love diet, which is just a, a journey to habitually nourish the devotion to your individuality and has nothing to do with weight loss, unless that's a goal of yours within self-love because you want to treat your body different. But I like to, you know, I really like to go up against all the odds and redefine self-love, redefine diet, because, you know, diet, we think of it as restriction, but it's just about creating healthy habits. And so within the program, I took her through these five steps. So the first step is self-discovery. So this is what we do. We discover where are the patterns, where are the things, let's get curious, who am I really meant to be and why am I trying to be someone that's not authentically aligned with who I am? And then we step into self-awareness, getting super aware of that new person that we just discovered and all the cycles and the patterns and the uh, all the, the hair pulling moments that are happening. And then from there, we step into self-acceptance, accepting this new human that you've always meant to be, but might have been too scared or felt alone or didn't have the support to do it. And then next, we step into self-expression, learning how to express who you are, what fills you with joy, what you need, what you want, not only to others, but to yourself. And we finally wrap it up into a cute little bow of self-love. And the thing is, is that most people step into the journey and they're like, okay, I'm ready to love myself. And I'm like, pump the brakes on that because self-love is really the easiest part. Once you get these four other things into play, the discovery, awareness, acceptance, and expression. And throughout the journey within my program, you're supported every step of the way. And that's what's so magical because now um, my client, Beth, who I just told a story about, um, you can actually watch her testimonial on my website. She, almost three years later, I just had her, um, my husband and I just had her over for dinner because she lives locally. She was like, Paul, you literally changed my life. And I still see pieces of that every single day. And then I go, hold on, I I can't (laughs) take any credit, right? You were the one who said yes to yourself. You were the one who invested in yourself. You were the one who showed up for the weekly group call. You're the one who did the work, right? And this is, I think, the signs of like, humble brag like a really great coach is not taking you know any ownership good or bad for your client's journey right i used to beat myself up when clients didn't show up i used to beat myself up mm-hmm. when um, yeah. clients didn't get results and i realized that like that's not on me i'm doing i go down the checkbox the list of all of the things that i'm said i would do am i doing all these things yep 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 okay great i'm doing what i committed to do And it's not my job to lose sleep over clients not getting results because they're not dedicated. Now, granted, if the client's struggling and they ask for support, that's another thing. But that's just like a little tidbit of like my my business mentorship is all about just like just focusing on you, right? Just like self-love. You got to give yourself Mm -hmm. permission to look in the mirror and say, I've got you and you're the only one who matters in this moment. And that might be really hard, especially for moms or especially for parents or people who have others that rely on them. But I guarantee you that the second you start focusing on your happiness, everyone else around you will become 10 times happier. And if they don't, they're either going to fall off of the wayside to your, of your life or they're going to up level and become happier. Absolutely. Hell yes to that. Um, I resonate with that story a lot because I don't think I've really necessarily shared it in much depth on the podcast, but I just cut a long story short, very much grew up in a household that taught me that my worth was based on my weight, like hands down, fed that message consistently for years and years and years. And so I would base my level of self-acceptance, my level of self-worth, who I was in this world based on what that number on the scale said. And not only that, based on what other people told me about what that weight on the scale was and what it meant Mm -hmm. to them and my family as well. And so even though I'd healed myself of an eating disorder, I even wrote a book, like I'm here for every year saying I wrote a book called Learning to Love the Girl in the Mirror. Like I'd been on that journey of healing. But let me tell you... (laughs) As you know, going into business and being an entrepreneur requires like the next level version of that self-worth, radical self-acceptance mm-hmm. and knowing that 
your worth is not based on all of these numerics and the people outside of you or social media or even what your business is making financially. And that has been my most recent, most beautiful journey with self-worth and with self-love. Because there are a lot of people listening who are business owners, maybe they're at the start of that journey, maybe they're, they've, they've been on that journey for a few years. I'd love for you to just speak into how you see self-love as the foundation for us as entrepreneurs and business owners and why that is such a freaking integral piece of the pie that not enough people are talking about. <laughs> mm, yeah. Well, the, and, you know, the thing is, is that whenever I have someone who comes into my business mentorship, I always require that they go through the self-love diet first uh, because, and I mean, it's built in, but like the thing about it is that if you're not doing your business for you, it will not mm -hmm. be successful. If you are doing it for a paycheck, if you are doing it for other people's validation, or you, if you're doing it because you want to provide a better life for your children, it will not be as successful as if you were doing it just because it brought you joy. Kind of talked about this at the beginning. So self-love must be the foundation of anything we do. If you are not doing it for you, eventually it won't feel good anymore. Eventually it won't bring the results that it might have at the beginning when it was exciting. And that that's my answer. Self-love is the most important thing, regardless of whether or not it's a weight loss goal or a business goal or a career goal or a relationship goal. If you aren't in it for you and to kind of, you know, um, dive a little bit deeper into the statement that you made about your weight being your worth. You know, a lot of that comes from this feeling that, especially for women, that men get to decide whether you are worthy by the way you look and if they choose you, right? So if a man chooses you, then you are good enough, then you are worthy. And that is so detrimental to the success of the feminine, to the success of women in this world, right? The only person who gets permission to choose you is you. Everyone else, it's a privilege. You are the only one who has to choose you, who wants to choose you. And if any, if you are waiting around for a man to pick you, to make you feel worthy, I've got some harsh news <laughs> for you. A few years into that relationship, you're going to wake up and you're going to be like, what the actual bleep? What mm -hmm. did I do? What is going on? Oh, we're unfiltered. What the fuck? Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, what did I do? What did I do? Why? Mm -hmm. And you'll find yourself. And some of you might be listening to this and being like, oh my gosh, I'm in, I'm in that position right now. I started a business for someone else. I got into a relationship because he said he liked me and I didn't really care for him, but I was getting old and I felt, oh, I might as well just get into the relationship, right? We've all gotten into relationships because someone else chose us, right? I got into a very, very serious, but very, very bad relationship with someone because he was really sexy. I was like, oh my gosh, this guy with a six pack wants this chubby boy. Like what's going on? It turns out that there was lots of bad things about him. But I was blinded by that because my self-esteem and self-confidence was so low that someone else chose me. So that's all that matters. And you are the only, like, I just want everyone to choose themselves first. It's easier said than done, of course. And from there, the, the world is your oyster because you realize that you can do anything you want when you don't need anyone else's approval. And yes, mm -hmm. we are, you know, in a community here, a collective, like not only you and on this planet, like there are so many other people involved in our day-to-day -day life. However, when you have that self-love and that self-trust and that self-acceptance, the way you move through life isn't reliant on other people. You're not dependent on other people. You're interdependent. You are able to operate from a place of, I would love to be in partnership with you. It doesn't mean that I need you for this partnership. It's that I want you for this partnership. Needing and wanting are two very different things. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm married too. And I, let me, I choose myself every day and I'm in a partnership. Like, and my husband, 
chooses himself every day. And to some people that might sound somewhat selfish, but because we individually choose ourselves and prioritize our inner well-being, whether that's for him going to play golf every evening or I'm going to run a bath and close the door, whatever it my act of choosing me is, we are stronger in our relationship as a result of that. So absolutely mm-hmm. to choosing mm-hmm. yourself. How do you, Paul Fishman, radically choose yourself on a regular basis? What are some of the things that you do that are acts of choosing yourself? You know, this is like coming at a really interesting time for me because I, over the past year and a half through the pandemic and through, you know, still through the pandemic, where hopefully it's an endemic yeah. now, but yeah. I really lost myself because so much trials and tribulations came into my life. My business really, really suffered. Most of my clients were just like, hey, this isn't a priority anymore. I'm not going to pay you. Can I have refunds? All these things. And and granted, that that was just like a season in my business. It's definitely not consistent, but it was very traumatic for me. And I lost a lot of myself. And I'm just now starting to regain myself because um, over the past eight months, I've been... Um, healing through a real uh, like a really debilitating uh, rare skin disease that mm-hmm. um has pretty much cleared from 70% of my body but this was like a real wake up call for me because there were um it started sprouting when i was like just high levels of stress um insane things happening in my family life and it was really hard to do anything but rest my body forced me to rest in a way that I wouldn't wish upon anyone to the point I couldn't walk. I, I couldn't sleep. My body was red and itchy and hot and my heels were cracked. And I, I had to surrender in a way that I've never had to before and still have to surrender on days when I still can't walk or, you know, ha- can only do two podcast interviews. And then I have to sit down and, and just watch TV for the rest of the day. So for me, choosing myself now looks a lot different than before. But now choosing myself is constantly not making myself wrong for resting. And surrendering is the biggest way that I can choose myself right now. Surrendering to the greater, bigger picture of my life. Surrendering to the fact that there are things that I know I want to do and that I'm called to do that I'm scared shitless to do but I just get to do them. I want to do them, right? And it's just sitting down every single day and pushing myself forward. Scared, scared, so terrified. More so because this is the thing that I've wanted since I was a very little boy. And I pushed it off to almost 37 years old. Why wait any longer? Why wait any longer? Why? Because I'm scared to fail. Okay, well, Along the the road to success, there's guaranteed failure. But failure is just an opportunity to learn. It's just a teacher. Failure isn't bad. You've accomplished something. Even if you failed, you started, right? This is like a message to anyone and everyone who's either an entrepreneur or just a human, right? And we run around keeping our dreams so tight to our chest, fantasizing about them day in and day out. And what good do our dreams do close to our chest? Because something you said a little bit earlier that about feeling selfish when it comes to doing these acts of self-love. Self-love is not selfish. It is the most selfless thing that you can do. I'm getting emotional because if you you love yourself enough to allow your gifts to be seen by the world, if you love yourself enough to put yourself out there, you will be doing 10 times more for yourself and the world than being selfish by keeping them close. You were given, you were born with gifts that are necessary for this world. Whether you're an artist, uh, a teacher, an educator, an athlete, a musician, whatever your gifts are, and you know what they are. Don't tell me you don't know what your gifts are. They are deep inside of you waiting to be seen. You feel them late at night when you're closing your eyes and running through your day, thinking of the things you wish you would have done. If you are not using those gifts, that that is selfish. Mm. <laughs> Let me go cry in a corner now. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm sitting here absorbing the emotion. I'm just like, wow, it's so powerful. And I also want to add that 
you get to show up for that, for that mission and for that goal and for that dream that you have with imperfect action too. The action is never going to be perfect. Like you, Paul, you are worthy of that and you're worthy of shining your light and you're worthy of being present in co-creation with that dream that you have, whether your skin is perfect or not, whether you are having to rest or not, like you are still a hundred percent worthy of that. You still get to have that. Because I think so many people think, well, yeah, I have this goal and I have this dream, but I can't take action on it until I'm perfect. Or I can't take action on it until I know what the perfect action is. Or I can't until I speak perfectly about it. But it's actually the power is in taking the messy action. Amen. <laughs> and I'm just really curious, how has that journey had an effect or shifted your money mindset? This wasn't actually something that I was also going to talk about with you, but it is a money mindset podcast. And I'm sure mm-hmm. this journey has given you so much juiciness around your relationship with money. And especially, I would be so curious to hear how that has shifted in your journey of surrender over the last 12 to 18 months. You know, my money is probably my biggest growth edge. The financial piece of the puzzle, um, looking at my finances, uh, seeing money as energy, releasing my need to control money and make and creating a safe space for money to feel welcome has absolutely been the hardest thing and is the hardest thing. I'm not going to claim that I'm this money mindset maven over here that I know everything there is to know about money. I, I mean, I can preach it, but it's like, am I actually living it? Right. So when things started spiraling for me was when I had an in-person retreat, five people booked, had to postpone it two days before it was it was set to go. So everything was already purchased. Catering was already paid for. Like most of that money was lost. And everyone was very understanding because we didn't know what was happening with COVID. It had just started. And then everyone started asking for their money back. And I didn't have the money to give them. And then clients started saying, hey, I don't know if I can make my payment plan this month. Like I'm just, I'm just going to stop withdrawing the program. And I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like there's another human on the edge here side here. Like you've almost made it through and that's not what we signed up for. Let's figure out how we can work this out. And the amount of ghosting and chargebacks and all of these things that happened, it really impacted me in a way that I'm still recovering from. Um, there was, uh, I lost a lot of confidence in my business. I lost um, a, a lot of confidence in myself. And it was really, really tough. And I don't know if you all remember, but at the beginning of the pandemic, the message across social media was do it for free, give everything away, give everything away. So I'm seeing all of these big, massive voices in the industry giving away free courses or, you know, going live every single day or whatever it might be. And I'm sitting here being like, but I need to get paid. I need to get paid. And it was a really, really challenging time, but there was never a month where I couldn't pay my half of the rent. There was never a month where I couldn't pay my employees. And, you know, I did have to furlough a couple of them, but I brought them back when I was ready. And that ultimately showed up over and over and over and over and over again, that I, although I felt like really like I was trying to control everything, the second I would surrender, like uh, back uh, around this time last year, I took two months off of social media because I just couldn't do it mentally and emotionally anymore. And those were some of my most lucrative months because I was just so centered, so focused on taking care of me that my energy called in the clients. Like I was getting applications to my program just from like previous podcast interviews or my podcast just generating new um, and these people are just ready to do the work. And you know, part of me just like wants to liberate myself from social media altogether because I'm just like, oh man, the magic I could create if that would happen all the time just with an email list, you know, but, uh, and doing my podcast. But the, the ultimate journey for me with that money mindset has just been surrendering and continue with the mantra, I am safe, I am safe, I am safe. And also 
examining my pattern. When things are good in my business, I'm like, yes, let's go here. Yes, let's book a trip. Yes, let's invest in. And then when things are bad, it's just like, no, nothing, 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 scarcity, scarcity, scarcity. So it's like, can we find like a happy medium? And this has been really Mm -hmm. challenging for me because I don't like it, right? I'm booking a trip to New York um, for November and it's like standard seat, 99 bucks. First class, 499. I've flown first class once. I'm like 499. That's doable. And it's the red eye. So I can lay flat and I can sleep. It's worth it. And then I'm sitting here and I'm just like, okay, do you really need to spend an extra $400? Will it benefit you? Yes. But is it necessary? When like $99 one way is dirt cheap for San Diego to New York. So it's like, and granted, I'm like, okay, and I'm paying like $800 for the hotel and I'm, you know, eating all those things. So it's like, yes, we look at the bigger budget, but it's just like sometimes a little bit of sacrifice is okay. You know, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I want to get to Can the point. Can you send me the airline that is giving away first class seats for four nine nine? I'm like, that's amazing. Uh, Alaska <laughs> Airlines. Okay, I love it. I might be going to research that. <laughs> um, but also, I just want to add, what if? Yeah, yes to what you're saying because money management is absolutely a big role when it comes to a positive and empowered money mindset. But what if you also knew that from your act of that little investment of that $400, whether it's aligned with you or not, sometimes it won't be aligned. What if you thought, I wonder what abundance and magic is going to show up as a result of that? What value is going to be magically received as a result of this? Like I play that game. I'm like, okay, I'm going to make this investment. I'm going to see what value comes back to me really, really quickly. <laughs> Listen, you and I are cut from the same cloth because that has been how I've operated for my entire life. And I'm trying on something different because it's, you know, I used to be like, what type of magic is going to come from these Louboutins? What type of magic is going to come from this Gucci bag? And listen, the only magic that showed up was credit card debt. And so it's just like when, when we've, we're too out of balance here, but I like, I like that. You know, I've been getting served a lot of like Instagram reels and messaging about like, you know, the, and I'm a manifesting generator in uh, human design. Me too. I don't know if okay. So Me it's too. just like, we're meant to just, just like follow our joy and, and have fun all day long. And I'm like, fine, first class sounds like a lot of fun, right? Granted, it, it, I wouldn't, I would be asleep for it. So it's like, it's fine. But like at the same time, like the journey of just that dance of, of figuring yeah. out when it works, when, it, when is it important? When is it not? Right. I'm literally flying to New York to see a show that like the ticket was like $32, you know, to see the show wow. of this comedian, right. That I just really, I really, really value them as like voices and, and, um, in the queer space. And I, you know, my husband was like, so you're going to spend a thousand dollars to fly to New York, to stay in a hotel to see a, an hour long show. And I said, absolutely. Because these are the type of people that I want to be around and it is what it is. And maybe we'll be living there by then. So who knows? Mm-hmm. But the, the reality is, is that I don't think that way. And I think that like my husband's the complete opposite. Like he grew up in scarcity. So it's like, of course, you know, he grew up at eight years old, having to balance his parents' checkbook to make sure they could afford their mortgage. So it's like, I understand that trauma. And I yeah. understand that like he married me to work through that trauma, you know, yeah. <laughs> and I understand that I married him to work through my issues. And cause we normally marry our trauma or the opportunity to heal our trauma. So it's, um, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm inspired now to, to book that. First class <laughs> oh God, trip. your husband is going to be like, who was this woman? <laughs> no, it's, no, it's a dance. Let me tell you, it is a dance. I'm not going to Chanel or to, to YSL every other day to buy shoes and handbags. Like it is a dance. It's just, I think when the alignment is there, is it calling for something? But anyway, I am not going to keep you much longer, but I do have one final question because I really want you to share this story is I want you to tell the listeners about your nails because you shared the cutest story that like resonated with me. I don't know. Maybe it was a few weeks ago about what these nails represent for you. Mm. Please share that. Let me show you my newest (laughs) pair. Um, (laughs) So... The reason I paint my nails is because A, it brings me a whole lot of joy. And B, it reminds me every single day that I'm choosing myself. 
And for so long, I sacrificed a lot of what brought me joy as a human. Uh, you know, when I was a very little boy, like there are pictures of me, I loved wearing my mom's pink lacy nightgown and dancing in it because I loved the way it looked when I spun around. And I was mm-hmm. never made wrong for that. I started making myself wrong around the age of 10. Uh, you know, my parents were very, very clear with me that they never made me wrong for that, never made me wrong for the way I wanted to dress or present myself. And I started making myself wrong for not presenting in the way that like a boy was supposed to or playing with boy toys or whatever it was. And it took me a really long time to recover from that trauma, that self-inflicted trauma of making myself wrong. And painting my nails is like, it's so much more than self-care for me. It's an opportunity to remind myself every single day that this life is meant for me. Yes, I love the compliments, but I love that the feeling that I get when I look down at my nails and I I look forward to that nail appointment every two or three weeks just because I get to walk and I get to leave with something new and exciting. And it's just, it's a reminder for me every single day just to do what makes me happy and the rest will follow. Mm, I love that. It sparks you joy. And every time you look at those nails, like for me, my nails are like, okay, mine are just pink. His his are like these magical designs every single, like every single time. But for me, it feels like abundant. It feels like even if I'm in my sweatpants, you know what? I feel like I'm embracing the wildly wealthy woman inside of me. And that's what my biweekly nail appointment represents for me. And I just, I love and resonate with your story so much. And so Mm. I would just invite the listener What is that thing that sparks you joy that you've been holding yourself back on? Go embrace it and go embrace it on the regular because as a result of doing so, so much beautiful abundance will flow back towards you. Mm. Paul, it has been an honor. I could talk to you for so long. When you're in LA, we're going for matcha, caffeine free because I know you don't like caffeine. (laughs) (laughs) I've got too much, you know, caffeine just running through my veins. I love it. But it's in the glitter. Yes. Glitter running through my veins. Where can everyone go and absorb more of that glitter and that sparkle from you? <laughs> yes. So you can um, find me on Instagram at Paul Fishman. Uh, my first name, Paul, last name, fish, like the things that swim in the sea, man like me. And uh, I also have a podcast called The Road to Self Love, where I have my guests join me in the car. We drive around literally and figuratively on the road to self love and play road trip games. And it's so much fun. And you can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are interested in um, joining my self-love diet program, you can just head to paulfishman.love.love forward slash self-love diet. Amazing. Thank you for sharing your magic today with us. Thank you. If you loved today's episode, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button because women supporting women is my jam. And if you want extra daily doses of motivation, then be sure to follow me on Instagram at girl underscore unfiltered and go ahead and screenshot this episode. Send me a DM and share your biggest takeaway because I love hearing from you and I just really want to drop into your DMs basically. (laughs) So I'm sending you so much love and abundance and have an amazing day.